All right, so welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This time with my friend, business coach, and we could say colleague, Hannah Power. So Hannah and I met in Bali a few years back and we immediately hit it off. Her passion, drive, and success, I was in awe of from the beginning. Hannah has her own business, working as a personal branding coach, author, TEDx, and keynote speaker with a head full of dreams and an obsession for finding what makes people tick. She genuinely wants to help you find the most powerful version of you. Hannah offers one-to-one and group coaching programs. She runs masterminds and has an academy. She has a podcast called Start a Movement with Your Message, and she's written her very own book, The Power of You. So at the age of 28, 29, I mean, um, that's a hell of a lot, Hannah. And I have firsthand experienced the wisdom and magic of her completing her 30-day business and branding program in lockdown 2020, which enabled me to create my first and now signature therapy program called Thrive. So without Hannah, I really would not have been able to do this and probably wouldn't be where I am today. She really is the bomb. Um, Hannah has been through this program herself for personal reasons, um, and she's dedicated to her own self-growth and self-development, and her mission tagline is, the sky is not the limit, in fact, the sky is limitless. So Hannah, hello and welcome. Hello, and thank you for that wonderful (laughs) intro. My God, that was so emotional. That was so lovely. Thank you. It's my pleasure. It's true. I mean every word. So, um, how are you, Hannah? Yeah, I'm very good. It's actually interesting listening to that because, I don't know, you never really like sit, do you, and list out your own stuff. Um, and obviously, obviously, I put the website together, but with a copywriter. So now when you list it all out and list everything together like that, it does sound really nice. So thank you for reminding me of all the good stuff I've done because I've been through some challenges recently. So that was lovely. Mm-hmm. That's it. And that's it. Too often we don't take time to uh, appreciate where where we've come from and how much we've achieved. Yeah. So, as I mentioned in the introduction, Hannah, um, you came to me for RTT and we did a little bit of work um, Mm -hmm. on yourself and, and, and really around kind of how that would help your business. So can you talk a little bit more about that and what we went through and how that helped you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think I'm somebody who has been very committed to my own personal growth for quite a long time. And what I find with that is, you know, I have a lot of connection with my own self-awareness and I'm often finding, you know, limiting beliefs or repeating patterns or whatever that are holding me back. But what I find, and I'm sure like you're the same, is that once you discover it, it's kind of like, well, what do I do now? You know, everyone seems to tell you, you know, oh, you're, you're being held back by this or you're being held back by that. But um you know how do you then move forward from that and you know I'm a really big believer in digging into you know the darkness and you know going into the shadow and moving through it and I guess the reason that you know your your the work we did with the RTT really you know spoke to me was because it was a combination of you know tapping into the subconscious and then retraining that and digging into that inner child work all at the same time Um, And these are things that often in therapy or whatever can take a really, really long time to to dig through Um, to go into a little bit about, I guess, the 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 thing that I brought with which we we worked on together was around rushing Mm -hmm. and trying to get so much done in such a short space of time that I was always 
um, a little bit, I guess, overwhelmed and almost giving myself a sense of anxiety. I'm somebody who I really liked. I really like my work. I do enjoy what I do, but I also really enjoy not working. I think I have this weird like thing that a lot of entrepreneurs that I'm sort of friends with or that I meet don't really get because I kind of like not working as much as I like working. Whereas some people, you know, prefer just to work. They're addicted to their businesses. So what that comes with for me is this this desire to rush to like get things done because A, I really enjoy it and I'm like energized by it, but B, because I'm trying to get things done so I can then not work. So I don't, my, my brain pretty much shuts off by about 6 p.m. Like I cannot work in the evening. I never have been able to, never could do homework after school, never could revise for exams after six, even if they were the next morning. I would always wake up at like 5 a.m. and do a, a revision before the um, exam then stay up late. And um there's always a pros to that. But I think when I came to you, I was in such a state of, you know, so much rushing that I couldn't really enjoy my day to day. And it was causing me to, um, you know, make errors and, you know, not, not, you know, miss attention to detail and actually not enjoy what I was doing because I was in such a rush. So, you know, my strength had become my weakness. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know my efficiency and my desire to get things done had become an an, what can often be called an overdone strength or yeah a weakness and I guess what that created in the business was this inability to uh, create calmly and and you know actually take my time and but rushing is sometimes is needed but it's not needed all the time you're not permanently on a deadline and what it lead what it led me to keep having was what I think is called adrenal fatigue which is where kind of every kind of couple of months I would completely crash out because I was so exhausted. So I was kind of affecting, which then affected my business because then I couldn't work, but also it was affecting my health because every sort of two months I was lying in bed for like three, four days because I was absolutely exhausted. I would recover and then I would repeat the patterns. And I did that for about two or three years. So when we came to work together, um, it was the end of last year, I think, wasn't it? End of 2020. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was kind of where I was at. So it was kind of a, a desire to help the business, but also to really help my own personal um, health, but also just to enjoy my life a bit more. You know, I love what I do. So why am I rushing through it? Mm, that's it. And it's so often that, that these these things that become problems in our lives, they once helped us. They were once, you know, they got us to where we're at. But it, we, when we recognize, we take a step back and we, we say, hang on, this isn't helping me anymore. This is keeping me stuck. This is blocking me from, from moving forwards. Then, then we can only let it go, right? So you found that awareness and, and you chose to let it go. So how are we going with the rushing? So much better. So mm-hmm. I definitely still have elements of it. It's definitely not something I've completely got rid of. I, you know, like with anything, I think definitely after the RTT, I felt an instant like percentage increase, but it's obviously not going to be gone overnight. So um, I I think the work that we did on the inner child and kind of working out where that had come from was really powerful. Because I think the more that you can understand where that blueprint has come from and where in your childhood you picked up that, pick that up and the compassion that you can show to yourself. I think compassion is something I've always kind of struggled with, whereas now I really am good at that, at being compassionate with myself. And it's changed my whole like outlook. I used to think if I was compassionate on myself, it would make me soft and make me Mm. slow and make me unsuccessful Mm. when actually it's the reverse. Mm -hmm. So getting there, I would say um, 
a huge, a huge, huge improvement, still a way to go. No one's perfect. And I think it's always naturally my state, but I have such a connection when I feel it coming on now, I can catch it and go, hold on a minute. Like this is not allowed. So I'll, Mm. you know, get myself to slow down and I have a fast mind. So sometimes it's not possible to be slow in every activity, but I can be more conscious and aware of it now. Yeah, for sure. And it's that consciousness and and awareness of it. That's going to weaken it every time you bring about it to the situation. Um, And the other thing is, I think naturally when you have your own business and you can, you don't necessarily have to have your own business for this. You could, you could be like like working really hard, long hours in a um, nine till five job, whatever. Um, It brings about like a real sense of masculinity um and and we've got to balance that out with that softness with that kindness with that compassion with that femininity right which um we especially us women in society now when we're trying to do it all we're trying to get it all done it's very difficult to remember that Mm. and we we kind of like pride ourselves in our getting stuff done and being super like successful and being in that routine and actually we can actually find more success and, and more enjoyment day to day if we bring about that femininity and softness right Mm, yeah absolutely I have a a friend um and we always like make jokes about like yin and yang and Mm. you know he's he always says you know you're like you're so yang like you need to be more yin and stuff and when like he'll we'll run into each other on the street or something and he'll be like he'll message me after and be like are you yanging like he can just tell (laughs) that I'm in like my like massive like masculine like yang stuff and every time he catches me I'm like yeah I am and then we like go to the spa or whatever and like try and bring some of that feminine energy in Mm. I'm definitely I'm so much better than I was like I Mm. definitely feel so much more comfortable in my feminine I think you know massive masculine like that that approach that yang approach is often a survival tactic Mm -hmm. and I think it it, it's it it got me to a certain point where now I feel safe to not have to stay like that Mm. um but yeah it's it's a really really interesting one once you can grasp those concepts I think it's really interesting to see how you can apply them to your life Mm. but it is difficult when it has got you to that point it's difficult to to find a new way of being day to day that that and and believe that that is gonna lead to you know maintain that success or continue the success you know it's very difficult and that's where that t word comes in trust trust that 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 it's all going to come and also I think really question what your definition of success is and also be really really sure on what your core values are I think you know values are something which is so often thrown around in like a business you know oh this corporate's got these five core values and it's all like a load of crap when actually um your the things that your values like if you really spend time working out what they are and you know there's so many different processes you can go through to do that you know really constantly checking in like is my life aligned with those values because if it's not if you kind of go down a path of what someone else is doing or what you think you should be doing and it's not your values Mm. that's not going to last very long and I think for me, I, for a while, I was so obsessed with what I thought success was. I was compromising on my values for what my, what I thought success was, but actually success is living a life aligned to my values. Mm. And I think I had to learn that by going, going a little bit off it for 18 Mm. months and losing my track a little bit. Yeah. And then going actually, well, what is success to me? Success Mm. is, is, you know, it's different to actually what I think I got caught up in. And I think, lots of people's minds got confused through COVID and mine definitely did. Mm. And 
um I got yeah I went down kind of the wrong the wrong path for me you know may have been right for other people but um it wasn't right for me well that's it and then that leads to that sense of you're not aligned with yourself and and as you say it wasn't wrong and and you have you meet yourself like Hannah in during COVID you meet her with that kindness and compassion because she was just doing the best she possibly could at that time Mm. and and then we kind of kind of let go of that right Mm. um so obviously Hannah we haven't caught up in a while but it kind of looked like to me a little bit like you came off Instagram for a year or so wasn't it you came back yeah relatively recently and um then you've come back now and you've sort of rebranded and and you've got this whole new website and this whole new thing going on so can you talk to us a little bit about firstly what it was like why you went off Instagram what that was like and then how how that's affected you today yeah I um I went off Instagram August last year do you know what there were actually so many reasons I would say um probably three three or four core reasons that ultimately made came to the decision to take the, the, the break. Uh, I kind of said it was a year because I quite like to put timelines on stuff just because that's like the yang in me probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I came up with Instagram. So I, you know, I'm a big believer in social media being both good and bad. You know, most things in the world are not all good or all bad. You know, water can, can save your life. It can drown you, right? Fire mm-hmm. can keep you warm. It can, warming and burning house down Mm. nothing is um nothing's all good or bad and I'm really a believer that social media when used right can be an incredibly powerful tool you know if you think about you and I you know we met in Bali without Instagram we probably wouldn't have stayed in touch that much because that was kind of how we do you know what I mean that's how we got to know each other you know we didn't and that's true for so many people you know these platforms have an incredible um you know they can be used in incredible ways however I think if you are not in a state of true happiness with yourself or true um, alignment with yourself, whatever word you want to use there, everyone's got different words, but these platforms can really highlight some of the the shadow and some of the stuff that's inside of you. So I actually now take a lot of responsibility myself rather than blaming the platform for the reason that I left, if that makes Mm. sense. Yeah. At the time, there were kind of four main reasons that I left and they, they kind of came down to, um, the first one was I have chosen quite a different path to a lot of my friends, a lot of my peers from school. And as I was seeing them starting to achieve things that I wasn't, you know, for example, engagements or buying houses, I started to feel that I was questioning the decisions that I made to go down a different path. And that just didn't feel very nice. You know, I made a conscious decision to, to, to do what I did to leave that, that side of the world and go and do something different. But I found myself when I was going through slightly stressful days with the business or whatever, questioning whether I'd done the right thing. And, you know, that was just not a nice feeling seeing, um, seeing that. And then also there's the side of things of, you know, I don't live in London. A lot of my friends live in London. I was getting the odd bit of, I never really struggled with FOMO before, but I think because we'd had COVID, everyone was desperate to get out. So when I would see things and I thought, Oh, I'm not invited to that. Then I'd feel a bit rubbish. So the first thing was that very classic, like compare comparison with your friends and, um, and, you know, FOMO. The second one was um, seeing successful business people. There was a particular businesswoman. I won't say her name because I would hate if she ever, she, I don't know her. She's much more well-known than I am, but um, she triggers me so much. I don't know what it is. I think she's, really successful she's really beautiful she's really 
unapologetically herself more than I feel that I am able to be online and everything about her her success her life just triggered me so much and um, that kind of then led to everybody who was more successful than me again like you know whatever your definition of success was but mine at that time was I guess more around you know business revenue and size of your house um, was really really affecting me Um, the third one was all the beautiful people that just again kept popping up a lot of this was on my explore feed so it was stuff that people are like, oh unfollow everyone I'm like I did but I'm still getting a lot of stuff on my explore page it's not making me feel good so all the skinny people and all of that stuff you know I've struggled with body image issues so all these like skinny toned people um that made me feel rubbish and then the fourth reason was I'd recently got a boyfriend and I have never been like one of those girls that like goes in their boyfriend's Instagram and like looks at like who they're following or whatever but I just started to do things like that he wasn't following anyone he shouldn't but I started to look and Mm. I don't even know why maybe because he was younger than me and I don't know but I started to look and I never saw anything I shouldn't but I just started to look and I just thought do you know what these and then I had what I had this one day where I was just on that sofa and I was just so anxious like so unbelievably anxious and crying and stressed and I realized I had spent so much time on Instagram because of COVID. I had wound myself up and I just went, no, I have to have to not do this anymore. And I just thought, why don't I test and see if I feel better without this platform in my life? Um, and obviously, you know, you're kind of leaving society to an extent because mm. you, you, you know, you're not, um, you know, you're not talking to as many people if you're not on Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. But I just thought I'm going to do a test. I'm going to see how it is to do a year off it. And um yeah. You don't do things by halves, Hannah. Do, do a year off it, not a week. <laughs> no, I don't. I I think I, I'm so connected with my intuition. And when my body is really screaming at me to say, just no, stop, mm. this, stop this particular behavior. I've stopped behaviors, as you know, before stopping drinking and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I trust it. And it just said stop. And I just mm. put a year on it because I just thought, I don't know. Yeah, sounds good. Mm-hmm. So that was why. Um, what was your question? How what happened after when I went back? What was the next question? Yeah. So what what was it like being off it? And and interestingly, like with when you have your own business, I think pe- lots of people like we would use Instagram to promote our business. Yeah. So there must have been a fear there around like right, am I come up if I come off it, am I going to lose business? Am I going to lose that exposure that I've built? Do you know what? Um, it did affect business. In hindsight, I think I kind of was in denial about that. I didn't get loads of my clients through Instagram, but I did get quite a lot of branding opportunities and um, networking opportunities and things like that Mm. through Instagram. And actually, in hindsight, it definitely did affect business for about a year. In fact, when I ended up building up a team, they were all like, can you go back on Instagram now Mm. kind of thing? Because they, you know, there was definitely... Um, opportunities on there that we were missing I mean I got the, a lot of my work through website and through LinkedIn and through referrals so mm-hmm. it didn't affect like the bottom line that much but had I not gone off it and I'd found a way to manage my mind around it better mm. I probably would be further along with certain aspects of what I do so it yeah it did affect business um, I was so it made me feel so rubbish that mm. I didn't really care didn't care um, but yeah, I mean, obviously I decided to go back on. Um, you do miss out on things. Um, I definitely didn't know as much about my friends' lives as I did before. So 
sometimes that's nice, but sometimes you miss important things that your friends might not message you to give you an update. Not many people say, oh, by the way, this happened, but they would put it on Instagram. Mm. So I missed a few like engagements of people that, you know, I really should have known about um, and things like that. And um, yeah, I definitely did miss things. And I would be like, oh my God, I'd see that mom, can you tell me if, because my mom like follows all my friends or whatever, but mom, can you tell me if I miss anything or whatever? So uh, yeah, you definitely, you definitely miss things. Um, So yeah, there, there are definitely negatives to being off it. That's the thing. It's not, with the not drinking alcohol thing, I'm like, I only really see positives, but with the Instagram thing, like it definitely affected business and it affected my social life. And I think those were kind of, and the third thing is, I actually really like the platform in terms of, I actually really like the platform. I think it's actually my favorite platform in terms of to share a message. I like the way you do the little images on the grid and I like the stories and I like the DMs. Like LinkedIn's a pretty like average platform, let's be mm. honest. Twitter is a whole different ball game. Um, Facebook isn't really a social media platform anymore at all. TikTok, I, I, I'm not ready to really handle that. Mm-hmm. And YouTube, again, it's not really a social media platform. So I actually really like it as a platform. It was, it was me. Mm. You know, it was me and the algorithm, but me and the algorithm were not, we were not playing ball. So mm-hmm. um, I did miss things. And, you know, ultimately I decided to go back onto it a year later um, I've changed the way that I use it a lot. Um, and I have a lot more of like a conscious relationship with it. I have the time limit on if I feel, you know, if it says, you know, you've hit your time, I've hit my time. Like I don't mm-hmm. go on it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I clear down everyone that I follow. So I think I only follow like 67 people now or something mm-hmm. ridiculous. I need to replace everyone. I paid my cousin's daughter to get rid of everyone. Mm-hmm. So I could start again. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy to be back on it, but you know, I, the kind of the deciding factor was someone said to me, um, you know, I understand, you know, someone, someone was saying something like, I get why people are triggered by rich people, beautiful people, whatever. But ultimately it's not their responsibility to make sure you're okay. It's your responsibility to dig into why that's triggering you so much. And at the end of the day, a year ago, I had a lot of shadow that I needed to work on and I did, and that's why I can handle it now. But Mm. I think we have to take, company they have to take responsibility too they make those platforms way too addictive Mm. and the algorithms are pretty um pretty against us however um if it's coming if something's triggering you over and over again you do need to kind of take responsibility for that so for sure and that's a very kind of brave courageous thing to do to look at yourself and be like right because whenever we're triggered it's always something to do with us it's never to do with something else it's really oh yeah it's easy to blame the the thing or the person, but it's not so easy to look in the mirror and say, hang on, what's going on with me? What's going on here? Yeah, because not everybody, you know, a lot of people would be like, oh, I, you know, I don't, I understand. First of all, a lot of people do say Instagram makes them feel rubbish, but a lot of people don't. Hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, how come it does for some and it doesn't for others, you mm. know? So, um, yeah, I mean, it came down ultimately to self worth. You know, I, mm-hmm. I've, I, it, it, I had to do a lot of work on my self worth, and I'm still doing a lot of work on my, on my own self worth. But I think what sat underneath those four reasons was was an issue with my own self worth. So that was where I needed to work on, and that's what I have been working on for the last year. So, mm. well, self worth is a never ending journey, right? It, it mm-hmm. never stops. Well, yeah, exactly. But you can and, make big strides. You know, yeah, you can, for sure yeah okay so um beautiful so I find it I find it so interesting because um 
I think lots of people would want to do what what you did, but just wouldn't have the um, wouldn't have the strength. And and also, you know, you speak about comparison and, and platforms like social media. You can subconsciously, even if you're not aware of it, you can find yourself comparing yourself to people. And and I think this is actually on your website as well. It's I love this quote: "Comparison is the thief of joy." Mm. um so the minute we compare ourselves to other people the minute we kind of come out of our lanes and and really that's it's not helpful it's 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 not relevant it's not interesting you just gotta stay in your lane right yeah but that is I mean that is human instinct you know I've done you know there's you know I think a way to really help you know help us to understand why our minds behave in a certain way is to really go back to like our biology and our evolution Mm. and you know comparison you know, that is a huge part of our survival and, and our biology and the way that we work. So again, you know, you show compassion to it and you, you have the awareness of it and then you, you know, you have to release it. There's always going to be somebody who's better, stronger, fitter, faster, prettier, whatever than you are. Um, but I think, I think what I, what I realized was you think about all the people you're comparing yourself to, and you don't think about the people that are comparing themselves to you. Mm. And, um, you know, a couple of people have said things to me, you know, you read off that list of stuff about me at the beginning, which, Mm -hmm. you know, it's true, but also at the same time, I'm like, oh God, that makes me sound, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and I just, I think the more open and vulnerable we are about the reality of who we are and what we're dealing with, you know, I love following people on social media or speakers or leaders or books or whatever, reading books of people that are really open about, where they're at and the things they struggle with and all of that stuff. I think this shiny world is what can make us feel rubbish. Whereas when you share the real world, which more and more people are, Mm. um, you see that actually there's no perfect and, you know, everyone's got their own, their own stuff. Mm. I just think we can forget that we can feel that we're the only ones that don't have that. So I just think it's the reminder, I think. And if you, if you need reminders in front of your face, you need to put them in front of your face on your phone background or stick them on your Mm. mirror or whatever. Definitely. to remind yourself constantly and bring you back into the into the reality of of, of it all mm, like a little gentle daily reminder and that's like your anchor mm. um so how do you help people become the most powerful version of themselves god it's a good question so i really believe that you know, we all have something that's really unique to us. I actually remember hearing this in a talk when I was really, really young. Actually, he's a politician. I'm not going to say which politician it was. He spoke at uh, one of my, um, at my brother's school. And he said this, he said, I really believe that everybody has something that's unique to them that they have to offer the world. And I remember it really stuck with me. And I, you know, I really, really believe that as well. However, what I do believe is that society and families and schools and all of these things kind of cover that up with various different layers of of stuff that stop us from a feeling confident to share that thing or b even being able to go and discover it and even have Mm. clarity of what it is I don't think that a lot of us know what that is I think if you're a talent so for example if you can sing or you can dance or whatever you know you know what your light is you know that thing that you can bring but for a lot of people you know they they don't know they, you know, they only discover it through adversity or, you know, or whatever, whatever it is, you know, whatever, however they discover it. And they have that light bulb moment. They go, oh, my God, like, that's my thing. That's what I can do in the world. And that's what's going to make me really happy. And when they find that thing, they then experience that state of real flow and that real like, 
oh my god then I can do this and I can do this and I can do this and I can help these people and um you know how do I help people to do it I mean I ask them questions and I listen to the answers that's essentially like the ultimate way that you do it you know you ask questions but then you listen you know very very few people in society actually listen when we mm. are when they ask a question you know you see it on zoom all the time where you ask someone a question or they ask you a question even and then you see their eyes darting around their screen because now they're reading something and they're not really listening to your answer and you'll be with a friend and they'll ask you a question then they'll look at their phone and um you know they say attention is our like you know one of our most important commodities and I think what I what I do is I just ask people tough questions and then I listen to the answers and I challenge them on the answers and Mm -hmm. I think sometimes I say things that people really don't want to hear I mean I remember when we were doing that program last year you know sometimes I would say stuff to the group and they would I could tell that I'd really annoyed everyone with what I'd said because it was the truth and sometimes we don't really want to hear that Mm. so I think you know you 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 listen you you ask questions you listen you challenge and then you I think you teach you 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 believe in someone until they believe in themselves. I think that's what I do with my clients. I think when, once we found that thing and I can often see it in, in them before they're able to see it. And the same, it's not me saying I'm magic. People have done the same thing to me. Mm. I believe in them until they can then go, Oh, actually I can believe in that a little bit. And then we just push that belief a little bit further along. So if we think about with you, you know, you sort of you know, you weren't sure if this was something that you could do and have these programs and that. And, mm. you know, I said, um, you know, you know, I sort of believed in you and then you did it and then you did it a bit more and now you're doing it more and more. And I think it's just having that trust and that belief in that person and then really trying to dig into any limiting beliefs that are going to stop them from doing it. You know, once we find that thing, that light, that message, whatever you want to call it, that purpose, there's loads of different words for it. Mm. Um you know, we then often try and cover it up or no, I can't do that. Or who am I to do that? Or what will they think? And then it's about removing all of that and just helping people take one step at a time and, and helping them to not be overwhelmed because um, it's, it's an overwhelming world out there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of information. And I think I just help people to see that thing and then build it step by step by step in a way that works for them. Mm -hmm. so it sounds like as well like you know you come from the the perspective that the the answers really do come from within and that's what you know I talk a lot about it's all within we already have the answers we need and so when you say you ask the questions do you think people can get to a stage once they've found that thing and they're starting to remove these limiting beliefs do you think that they can ask their own questions and answer them and do you think that's as, as effective Absolutely. I think that I think working with a coach is really powerful. I mean, I didn't for years. I kind of thought it was bollocks, if I'm honest. Um, I did used to take, you know, take the piss a bit out of that whole profession. I really didn't understand it. Um, You know, it just didn't. Yeah, I just didn't understand it, really. Mm -hmm. I did a lot of and and by doing that got myself into quite a lot of debt because I could have just paid someone to help me or instead I tried to work out myself and got myself into like 15 grand's worth of debt um do I think you can ask the questions yourself absolutely you know you know all of this stuff is is skills that you learn and then you can apply I always want to equip and empower my clients to to go on their own journeys after we've worked together I don't you know I don't want a client to have to pay me forever that would you know, we'd get bored of each other, you know, that's not, that's not going to work. So teaching people 
how to discover how to have the awareness to find that that find that limiting thing or find that idea or find whatever that is to bring it to the from the unconscious into the conscious and then to know which question to ask so i always have this i have this like track in my phone like a note and it's just when i feel something come up and i put it in there as like a question like you know why do i feel this or what's making me feel this or and then i will just basically when i when i need to journal and i when i want to journal and i don't i can't think of anything i'll go through that question and i'll go oh i'm going to pick that question and i'm going to try and work out what that is and um by doing that you you release it you know i think of it like let's say you have like a thousand black balloons like these like balloons of like darkness and every time you challenge yourself and you 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 question yourself or you do rtt or whatever it is that you do you release those balloons and you know that's our goal to release as many of those balloons to see what's underneath all of those black balloons and that's usually like you say coming home to yourself that's your true self that sits under there Mm -hmm. we collect so much of this stuff we're like okay I'll take that balloon now I'll take that balloon now Mm. but they actually are as light you can let them go so freely and you get Mm. better and better at that and that's why with personal development I find it's like snowball you know once Mm. someone starts they they don't stop it's usually those first few balloons that are really tough Mm. yeah but I think it can feel like um when you're on that path of personal development that you know you're doing all this stuff and things still aren't shifting Mm. and it can make you feel that that stuff isn't actually making any difference but it is and it's just like often I think we give up before we really reap the benefits of all of that Mm. and so we've just got to keep going and keep trusting and keep believing that 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 good will come from all of it Mm -hmm. yeah I mean it's the same with exercise though isn't it like sometimes I'll work I'll exercise like every day for like two weeks and then you know or like a month and I'll be like I'm not getting fitter I'm not getting more toned and then I'll I don't know come on my period and take a week off exercise because I just like literally like don't have any energy Mm. and then I'll go and exercise and I'm like so fit and strong and I'm like I've Mm. literally done nothing for a week how is that possible Mm. but that's because our unconscious is always working you know like our muscles are repairing when we're not exercising our unconscious is always working Mm. um, even when we don't realize that's why the more that you can master your unconscious the better yeah for sure so what are you doing today Hannah for your self growth and self development so I have a new little morning routine that I do which I um, have been doing recently which I just call the five 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 so I do five minutes of meditation this is in the morning so I make my bed get dressed Mm -hmm. make a cup of tea and then I do five minutes meditation five minutes yoga and then five minutes of journaling so it's kind of like try you basically get like it's it's I would you know ideally I would do um longer eventually that's the goal you know me I struggle a bit with my yoga um Mm. but I'm just doing yeah it's more like stretching really than like official yoga um Mm. And I do that and it takes 15 minutes. And then I know that I've like started my day right. My brother made this really good point where he said, the first thing you do in the morning is the thing you will crave all day. Mm-hmm. So if you wake up in the morning and you go on your phone first mm-hmm. thing, you'll crave that all day. Whereas if the first thing you do in the morning is really peaceful, that's what you'll kind of crave all day. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why I try to, I always make my bed. I need it to be to open the curtains. I need like that. Tiny. Yeah. Yeah. I just need that. Like, yeah, I need mm-hmm. that feeling of like, tight yeah tidy Mm. and stuff and then um although my puppy does um often bite me when I'm trying to do the yoga she she'll she does the meditation with me she'll sleep next to me once I start doing all the yoga she's like mom can I play oh (laughs) what's your puppy's name Dr Bailey 
Dr. Bailey. <laughs> oh, so sweet. Um, but no, I love that, the 555. That's easy yeah. and accessible and it's not too time consuming, but it's enough mm -hmm. time to kind of make a difference in your day. Yeah. Beautiful, Hannah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It has been an absolute pleasure talking to you and soaking up your wisdom as always. Thank you for having me. I love that. I will see you soon, Hannah. Yeah, see you soon. Thank you so Bye. much. Bye. Bye.